This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. The UN says that we're putting 400 million tons of plastic waste into the environment each year. As that trash breaks down, it becomes microplastics, tiny fragments scientists are now finding in seafood, bottled water, rainfall, and even your blood. That raises a big question. How do we get rid of it? Engineers at Northwestern University's Atomic and Nanoscale Characterization Experimental Center are working on one solution. It involves nanoparticles and household sponges. Vinayak Dravid is founding director of the center and also a professor at Northwestern. And he joins us now. Hi, Vinayak. Welcome to Reset. Thank you, Sasha. Delighted to be here. First of all, what is nanotechnology? Start us off with a definition. So nanotechnology is the uh, technology of very small scale. Uh, just to give you an idea, uh, it is of the order of 1 to 100 nanometers. A nanometer is 10 to minus 9. It takes a billion nanometers to make one meter. So that gives you a sense of the scale. And this technology is about leveraging both the size, very small size of this technology, but also at that small scale, materials behave very differently than uh, normal. So as a result, some of the exotic properties and behavior of the material can be harnessed uh, for useful purpose. Okay. So so help me picture what you're working on then. It's a regular sponge, like what you use for cleaning your dishes, but you, you dip it in some sort of coating to make it attract plastic? Absolutely. So just imagine a sponge. So what do we know about sponge other than the SpongeBob? It is very <laughs> flexible. It is porous. It has a lot of surface inside. So all we do is we create an affinity coating that is, attracts pollutants. So all we do is take a regular sponge, we dip coat it, literally how we dye our car, different clothing with different colors. The same approach, you take the sponge, dip it in our nanotechnology, we call it magic sauce. We squeeze it and it's ready for action. And all we do is that for different pollutants, we design a different nanotechnology slurry. And for microplastic, it's different than other pollutants. And and when we pass water, which is polluted through this uh, sponge, the pollutant get attracted only to that coating and the rest of the water flows through. So how, so how does the nanoparticle coating work to, to attract the microplastics? That's a great question. So one of the things we often do is to try to understand why things work. But in the meanwhile, the things do work. We can continue to advance the engineering of it. So the way we do it is we take a sponge. There's a particular nano coating which has attraction for microplastic. So microplastic and nanoplastic are very small. They have a certain behavior on their surface. And what we do is think of uh, hand and glove. So we create a, a very specific pairing uh, with this nanotechnology coating. So it it has attraction specifically to the micro and nanoplastic, either in the form of chars, in the form of size or other behavior. And so when the water passes through the microplastic, think of it as a glue, it gets stuck with the sponge mm-hmm. and the rest of the water flows through. So how effective is this? It's extremely effective. In fact, some of our early studies, we were stunned to see that uh, without doing a significant alteration to the sponge, we were getting something like a 90% sequestration. And uh, this is at the nanoscale because that's a very difficult problem to solve. So the microplastic actually come in two categories. The micro itself is a relatively large size. And then there is a nanoplastic. It's even more pernicious than the microplastic because the size scale of nanoplastic is very similar to hormones and it can disrupt endocrine system. So as a result, it's very important to capture the nanoplastic and our approach does both micro and nano. How scalable would you say this is? Because I'm imagining 
someone dipping a regular sponge into like Lake Michigan, <laughs> it yeah. doesn't seem like it would make much of a difference. Absolutely correct. So one of the thrusts that we have is we want technology that is scalable. It's eco-friendly. It needs to be able to be affordable. And so sponge is one of the most common substances that you find. In fact, almost uh, yearly we have millions of sponges that are produced in the U.S. and most of them actually thrown away. Right. Imagine all the discarded sponge. We often call this teaching old dog new tricks. So these old dogs are the waste that we create with the sponges, with the polyurethane or cellulose. And we teach them new trick, which is to create a coating that gives you affinity for the specific pollutant. So cellulose, polyurethane are lots of material which are huge in quantity. So we have the ability to use a very small coating, 5 to 10%, that gives this affinity for pollutant for the sponge. So we feel it's very scalable and engineering technology. And you, you actually started a company to, to start to commercialize the technology. Is that right? Absolutely. How's so, it going? For basic science, right? We Most of the time we do basic science. We're trying to understand the question why, why it works. But every now and then you see an opportunity that this basic science can be translated to technology. And what we often need to do is to cross the bridge of engineering. And engineering is creativity with constraints of cost, ergonomics, scalability. And so a couple of years ago, we realized an opportunity to use the sponge to sequester oil. And so this is the OHM sponge that we first introduced uh, in 2020. Mm -hmm. And what it does is the same basic idea. You take uh, a waste sponge, we typically, if you get a gift uh, in December, for example, or your iPhone or any other product, it's typically uh, tucked into a, a sponge. And often that sponge gets wasted and thrown into landfill. All we do is a slightly different coating and then the sponge becomes uh, a attraction for oil. And it's the mixture of oil and water, it attracts only oil. And that's how we realized that there's an opportunity for commercial application of this sponge. But a year later, we found out the same basic idea works also for nutrients. So these are the fertilizers we often run off and you get this algae bloom in the Lake Erie and other, uh, other waterways. And we found out the same basic idea of taking a cellulose sponge, but using a slightly different coating, it becomes attraction for a phosphate or fertilizer. Mm. So this is the second application, and the microplastic is, uh, is the third application. I see. So sticking with this, the, the OHM that you were just talking about, the first generation sponge, uh, are you able to then wring out the sponge and get the oil back? Exactly. So the OHM sponge, the beauty of it is it absorbs almost 30 times its own weight. So right there, it you know attracts a tremendous amount of oil and it's very efficient, meaning in the mixture of oil and water, it attracts only oil. Then you squeeze it and then you reuse it. So imagine reusing it again and again, 30, 40 times. Wow. One unit of OHM sponge, Sasha, can recover almost 1,000 times its own weight in oil. And now this uh, new sponge here for, for the microplastics, uh, is this something that everyday folks could, could use on a smaller scale to keep microplastics away? Absolutely. This is one of the ways uh, we hope it will be implemented. So there are two ways to uh, solve the pollution problem. One is when it already happens, then you have to clear the uh, sponge or the microplastic in waterways. That's a, clearly a challenging problem. The other problem is exactly reverse. Can we stop the one, the point source of contamination? So one of the most remarkable one we didn't realize until we started to work with some commercial companies is the washer. So when we wash our clothes and drain that water, almost 70% of microplastic is actually originated 
in uh, in uh, washers. So imagine a unit that fits into your washer exhaust, and all we do is just leave it there, and as the water passes through, it captures the micro nanoplastic, and then you can recover the micro nanoplastic separately and, and reuse the filter again and again. And mm-hmm. that's one way we see it could be applied commercially. You know, and I suppose reusing sponges this way also keeps them out of landfills, right? Absolutely. So it's a double the benefit. You're taking waste to clear the waste. Does the type of sponge matter at all? Absolutely. So we have two types of sponges. So in some cases, you don't want water. The water is a minority, as in case of oil spill, for example, most of it is oil. So there we use a slightly different type of sponge. The polyurethane is typically used for packaging upholstery. But in situation where the water is a majority, like microplastic, correct? It's most 99.9% is water. So we want water to pass through very quickly. So we use cellulose-based sponge. So just a small variation on the substrate or the sponge, but the changing of the coating, you can do what is we often call it Swiss Army knife pollution remediation. So one version will sequester oil, the other phosphate, and now we're working on microplastic. We have another student who's working on heavy metal. Mm-hmm. Because you might remove the oil, but some dissolved lead and other types of toxic elements may remain. So we are also developing the coating that captures heavy metal. And so we're very excited that you have a multiple pollutants could be remediated and recovered using this approach. Can you tell us a little more about Nuance, the, the research center that you run at Northwestern? Oh, Thank you for asking. So Nuance Center stands for Northwestern University Atomic and Nanoscale. So what we are doing in the last 20 years to develop competency, both in terms of research but also education, outreach, and, you know, taking STEM field. Uh, in the past, you know, I remember when I first arrived at Northwestern, a lot of the folks would go to the West Coast and then fly over the country, go to the East Coast, and they would rarely stop in the Midwest. But the last 20 years, nanotechnology field, both in all aspects, from research, teaching, education, and outreach, has really come a long way at Northwestern. So what we do in the Nuance Center is to provide capabilities to look at atomic and nanoscale structures and mm-hmm. phenomena using fancy microscope, which otherwise are extremely expensive, but we use it as a collective resource. So someone in the Chicago State University, a young kid, can come during summer, for example, and use it over here. And th- through this understanding of the interface, that's when we understood that uh, our technology, the sponge technology, has the potential application for pollution sequestration, and that's how it all began. So what is next for sponges? Yeah, so it's, uh, as I said, we are trying to teach them this old dog. Uh, new tricks? There's many different tricks. So yeah. we started with oil, nutrient was the second one, microplastic, heavy metal, then we have PCB and all sorts of so-called uh, forever well, chemicals. What about, that, uh, what about addressing Chicago's lead pollution problem? Oh, indeed. And that's one of the areas that we are uh, constantly working, which is to be able to go beyond just lead, cadmium, and other, there are other waterways which have other pollutants. You've seen that Lake Michigan looks nice and blue now, but 20 years ago, you may remember, it was slightly whitish uh, tint because calcium carbonate was there at the time. But then algae bloom came, but now we have mussels and other uh, aggressive species which eat up algae, and actually the the water looks blue, but it's actually misleading. Uh, The ecosystem is now disrupted uh, uh, because of the mussel invasion. So we need a delicate balance of ecosystem. Our job is to be able to sequester and remove pollutants, uh, which are, of course, uh, harmful, but Mm -hmm. we want to keep some of the uh, biosystem, biodiversity in the lake uh, as, uh, as it should.
That is Vinayak Dravid, a professor of materials science and engineering at Northwestern University. Vinayak, thank you so much. Very interesting. Delighted to be part of it. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.